Hello, friends. My name is Aliza Kelly. I'm a celebrity astrologer, three-time author, and host of this podcast, Stars Like Us. Think of Stars Like Us as your favorite nighttime talk show that just so happens to be released every Monday morning. Each week, we connect with another amazing expert guest, and together we talk about everything under the sun. But before we get into today's episode, take a moment to rate this podcast five stars. Why? Because you're the fucking best. All right, now let's do it. Sit back, relax, and get ready for another out-of-this-world conversation. This is Stars Like Us. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I am your host, Aliza Kelly. And oh my goodness, everyone, I have everyone's favorite. How would you describe yourself? Actually, I before I, I you're a Virgo son, but I don't know if I would la- lead with that necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> How would I describe myself? I, I mean, I guess like uh, a lot of people describe me as like the boogeyman of TikTok. Like people call me Bobby Yaga, like call me Dexter. I'm basically just like a crusader for women and other marginalized groups um, on TikTok. So yeah, I think that's how I would describe myself. (laughs) If you don't know her, it's Drew. Drew has an amazing following of over 5 million people on TikTok. And I'm sure that since I got that number, it's already grown exponentially. Drew is never set out to be TikTok savior against misogynistic men, but she is having a lot of fun doing so. Firing back at sexist remarks, Drew is putting men in their place with her confidence and no bullshit approach. Drew continues to grow at a rate that is really uh, cataclysmic. And now you also just started a brand new show, the comment section, right? Yes, I did. And I think... We're about like five episodes in at this point, and it's been like truly like a dream come true for me. So um, everything's kind of happening all at once, and it's very exciting. So I'm very, very happy. <laughs> so d- tell us, like, how how did it all happen? Like, what has this journey been? And how did it start? And when did you start to realize that it was like catching on and at the rate that it is? And just like share your tale. <laughs> Tell us your story. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I started on TikTok because I, I would say kind of like everyone else did. I mean, I was working at the NFL from 2019 to 2020. And then when that ended terribly, I think like two weeks later, the pandemic hit. So, you know, everybody was at home. And then my boyfriend actually encouraged me to start posting on TikTok. I always say like back in the day, cause I'm like, I'm geriatric in TikTok years, but like back in the day, I used to post like Snapchat rants or like stuff to my Instagram story just to make my friends laugh. Um, Because like when you're in your early 20s, like you could just, you complain about everything. So that's what I did on Instagram. And then when TikTok kind of happened at the time, it was big, but it wasn't nearly like the behemoth it is today. So uh, my boyfriend encouraged me to start posting. So I started posting a little bit. I think I posted like maybe two or three videos. Um, and one of them did pretty well. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, I, I never 
I think most people who became TikTok creators never really set out to become one. Like it just kind of happened. But the first video that really like launched me was I did a video talking about very small red flags in men. Um, I made like a whole list and then that video went viral. So when that one went viral, it invited a whole bunch of hate. Like up until that point, I had only had like women and everyone else that loved me just kind of like in my little small space. And then once that kind of blew it wide open, I got a bunch of hate and then that led me into talking shit. So I would respond because like then at that point I was so small, I would make like 50 videos a day, like responding to hate comments. Like I was just, I was just going in on like what dudes looked like. Like I was just, I was late. <laughs> and, um, I think that is what kind of got the ball rolling because people really liked my responses to men. And then that just kind of like started this snowball. And then now it's just something that's so large. I'm still trying to like keep up with it. But yeah, that's kind of how it started. Um, and then that's how it started me talking shit to men specifically. And then at that point, I just started getting sent videos or tagged in videos where they were like, Hey, you should make fun of this guy. And then I was like, okay. So I was just, I was just doing it constantly because I thought it was funny. And then I think people just kind of gravitated towards me, especially women, because I don't, I don't fuck around with like, you know, that that's not very nice. Like I, I don't do shit like that. Like if, if you're going to talk looks then we're going to talk looks like that's literally just how I've always been. Um, and I think women really like that because for too long, we've just been expected to be quiet and like patient and understanding and to always give men grace, even when they literally spit in your face, like women are expected to take the high road and I don't do that shit. So that's why, that's why I think women gravitated towards me. And now here we are. So yeah, <laughs> when I first found your videos, one of the things that really resonated with me is like you would you when you stitch something, it's like you have the initial video, and then <laughs> I love when you take this moment of pause right before yeah. you about to get into it because yeah. I feel and I feel like that pause is such a universal experience for women of being like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, one more time say it again <laughs> once more <laughs> but then beyond that because like I feel like it for me I would probably end it at the pause you know mm. what you do and I think that what really moves the needle and why I'm so inspired by you is that you what ha happens after you know like the way that you really dig in and the way that you use the same language that was weaponized the way they weaponize women by saying like okay are we talking about this if these are your notes here are my notes yeah. same feedback same terms yeah. and i think this has to be your sagittarius rising i think it has to be none other than the sagittarius rising i was thinking like kim kardashian has a sagittarius rising mm -hmm. princess diana had a sagittarius rising like people there there is a sagittarius rising like precedent and archetype for people who are not afraid to take shit yeah to me it's like it scares me like sometimes when i see it i'm like oh my god don't come for her like that i'm scared because that much hate and vitriol that i would imagine that you also have to go through and process like yeah how do you navigate that because that feels also really overwhelming yeah i mean you're right in the sense that hate is one thing and, and vitriol is another. Mm. I get an aggressive amount of vitriol like every day on every platform. Um, it really doesn't matter. They, they really don't discriminate. But I would say 
it never really overwhelms me and never, it never hurts my feelings. Let's get that out of the way first. And I, <laughs> I could very, very clearly be my Sagittarius rising. And also my very calculated insults are my Virgo. Totally. Totally. <laughs> 100%. So fucking nuanced. Yeah. <laughs> the light and then the research also the research yeah, is very absolutely. Virgo. Like, all right, I took it upon myself to yeah, do a little deep dive. <laughs> actually, and like my, my receipt keeping is also my Virgo. So like, I, love I, it. <laughs> I save everything, believe it or not, I save every piece of hate that I get every, especially if it's bigoted. Um, I save it. I screenshot it. I save it. I have like I have a million folders of hate. And that's just for me. Um, I keep them, whether I'm going to use them for funny reasons or just keep them just in case. Like, um, I really don't care. I just constantly screenshot stuff. I would say how I deal with it is like, I also, I'm obviously like, you know this, but I, I'm a cancer moon. So I, I feel very deeply and very empathetic towards others but there's an asterisk next to that which is probably my Sagittarius like it's only people that I care about that I care what they think of me so you know the people I love most in this world and that's also another reason why I feel so driven to protect the people that I do and defend the people that I do because I care so deeply about them like I'm as you know obviously I'm I'm like a woman of color but I'm also I'm not a small woman. So I'm like, I'm a plus size girl at the same time. So I'm a part of marginalized groups, but I'm also an ally to many others. So for me, I feel so like deeply protective of, of many groups that I'm either a part of or not a part of at all. And that's why I truly just don't give a shit. Like I truly just don't care at all. And it doesn't overwhelm me because I know who I am. Um, I'm very confident in knowing who I am. So it's never going to bother me if, you know, some horrible person wants to call me a, a fat, ugly bitch. That doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother me literally in the slightest. <laughs> Does it bother your boyfriend? Uh, no, in the sense that it, it does, obviously, like he doesn't like to see stuff like that. But he also, one, knows I can take care of myself. Like he, that's one of the many reasons that he loves me because I'm a very confident person and I've, walked confidently my entire life but he also one knows i can take care of myself and two he understands that it just comes with the territory um that doesn't mean that he doesn't you know get very frustrated sometimes and it's mostly when they come to his page not to talk shit to him because they won't do that because they're misogynistic <laughs> they never talk shit to my boyfriend ever they only talk shit about me to him and a couple times he's like snapped and said something back but most of the time like my boyfriend's a libra sun taurus moon he's also a sagittarius rising so oh my god i love it yeah what so a beautiful venus ruled chart right so that's why yeah. I, I think that's why we we blend together so well he's also that libra really keeps me grounded you know what i mean like he, he, he keeps me grounded all the time he's very chill and very like you know what i mean he's all about good vibes so he doesn't really fly off the handle very often unlike me um, so <laughs> it bothers him, um, but he knows I can take care of myself. And he also knows that it doesn't hurt me, but he's always there for me just in case, like in, in the event, something does rub me the wrong way at all, but it hasn't happened yet. So we're good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like, and like, maybe may, I don't want to be presumptive in this, but I feel like if it hasn't happened yet, like 
I don't know if it's going to happen. You know, like you've reached, you've reached critical mass. Like you have enough scale. You've reached enough of like the shittiest depths of the internet and specifically of TikTok. And I think what's kind of interesting about TikTok too. And like something that when I first, you know, got on, I think it was like, right. It was in my manic stage right before the pandemic started when I knew things were going to get bad. And it was like 3 a.m. being like making freaky videos that like I had to all remove because I was like, this is not a good look. Mm -hmm. But the amount of like hate that circulates on that platform in the comments in particular, you know, is unlike anything that I have seen in my 32 years before. (laughs) But then like, I also looked at someone who left me a really nasty comment, like a really nasty one. And I looked at their profile and this kid must've been eight years old. Like this, he was showing his Pokemon cards. He got a Charizard. I was like, fuck yeah. I remember when I was eight and I got a Charizard holographic too. Like, that's cool. But he left me like the nastiest, like hateful comment. It also kind of scares me about younger kids using this platform and thinking that it's okay to communicate and to exchange like this. No, seriously. I I honestly think that's why... I never feel bad for how I choose to handle problems on there. Like whether I'm reacting to something that wasn't targeted towards me or I'm reacting to something that was specifically made for me. Um, I never feel bad for my reaction to it. Cause sometimes people are like, Oh, like you should, you know, you have a platform, like you should, you should take the high road. No. And that's how I got this platform because I don't take the high road. Right. You know I mean? Like the last thing that they should do is expect me to be respectful in the face of disrespect. There's just no way. Like I'm not doing right. it. So when people like me are on that app actively like seeking it out and then reacting to hate, whether it's targeted towards me or not, what it does is it has this ripple effect. Like other than, than kids like that are going to see it and understand like you can't hide. Right, right, right. Yeah. One of the worst parts about social media is that it's emboldened people um, to be anonymous and just be an awful fucking person. Like it's, it's given them this power. And so that's why I think someone like me has garnered an audience because I'm quite literally taking that power away and I'm giving it back to the people that they're hurting. So that's why I think I never am going to stop doing what I'm doing. <laughs> There's no end in sight. <laughs> There's no pivot. <laughs> it's, it's like the most aggressive form of job security. Like that's truly what I have <laughs> because they're never going to stop either. So that's right. why... I've said before, my relationship with bigotry and misogynists online is symbiotic. Like I don't exist without them. So there would be no need for someone like me if they weren't so fucking horrible all the time. So now if you're going to keep being horrible, then I'm just going to keep growing. That's like, that's it. it totally. Me, you know what I'm saying? So um, they're never going to understand that. They'll know how many times I tell them, which is fine by me. So I, you know, it's just like a, I think one of the dark sides of social media is it's given you know, kids like this power to be horrible to people they've never met. And I'm just, I fucking can't relate. I've never been that way. So I, I can't relate to like seeking people out and writing terrible shit just because. I mean, me neither. Like it's, it blows my fucking mind that people are out here sitting on their phones, like leaving nasty ass comments on videos that they don't like, like the amount of time and energy it takes to do that. Like who has that? I guess a lot of people, millions of fucking people have the time to do that. Millions of fucking people are choosing to, instead of being like, not for me, like write something ridiculous, 
you know, it's interesting with TikTok that you can't like, there's a limit to the comments to the characters, right? Which also makes it different than, you know, like something like Instagram where you could get these fucking people are writing 500 pair. Yeah. People are like flexing their five paragraph word essay format in the comments, (laughs) which is kind of obnoxious in its own way, but it's different. It's a different kind of reaction. Yeah, I agree. I think too, like, because of the character limit on TikTok, it turns into something that's like, they want to hit you really hard, really quickly. Whereas like on Instagram, they'll like take time to like write you a dissertation (laughs) about why they don't like you. But like on TikTok, they're just going to jump straight to insults. Like they're not going to waste any time because they don't have space or the bandwidth to do it. Um, So yeah, it's, it's just one of the, I think truly horrid parts of social media, but you know, I knew what I signed up for when I, when it started growing and I I decided that I was going to ride this out. Um, I was like, I, I knew what it came with. So I was yeah. like, I just kind of had to make my peace with it. So. Yeah. I, another thing that we had mentioned, we, we had sort of talked about right before we started recording is the intersection of the stuff that I do as an astrologer yeah. and misogyny, which is one of my favorite things to talk about. I have yeah. a, a long relationship with it because in my twenties, the men hating astrology and shaming people who like it, which are women was the, uh, one of the big reasons it took me so long to like come out as an astrologer. I was hiding it for so long, like, you know, having an astrology company, but not being the face of it. And like, sort of like dodging the identity because of how misogynistic the entire world is right of being shamed and judged and typecast and like sort of seen as like a wacko which wouldn't at that time in my 20s like before my Saturn return when I did when I was like I'm smart you know like I'm an intelligent person like take me seriously I need your respect society but then on the other side of it it's like I don't give a fuck I don't care about you like all of this is so rooted in sexism all of this is so it's so anti-women that like from the jump, I'll, like uh, assuming the identity of an astrologer came with also needing to uh, sort of have a role in being anti-misogynist and calling out that sexism because yeah. I knew that what I had observed in my 10 years of being like <laughs> of trying to be small with it is that it wasn't going anywhere, you know, yeah. and yet it was only limiting people's ability to be themselves. And that's a microcosm of everything. You know, you can use that and apply it to beauty standards. You could apply it to like professions and careers and personalities and being opinionated, you know, all of it is connected. Yeah. It's, it's honestly, it's just a byproduct of being raised in in a patriarchal society, but uh, women are shit on for liking anything. Like that's right. Literally anything at all. Like it, it truly doesn't matter. Women can't enjoy anything without men shitting all over it. Like that's just a byproduct of what we've been raised in. And if you think about it, like before I, I worked in sports, that's the most manly shit in the fucking world is something like football. I worked for the actual NFL. 
So I've, I've worked in sports for a long time and I still got shit on. Like, so it's like, you want someone, you want a girl that's a guy's girl and likes guy things, whatever the fuck that means. Right. Cause they like to gender everything. And then when someone does, you shit all over them too. So you, you truly like can't, whatever's girly, like about, I don't know what's considered girly about the stars. Like that's like, what is girly about that? Like it's, it's like an actual scientific study so like i'm confused why that's like so lame because girls tend to gravitate towards that yeah because girl because women like it that's what i'm saying <laughs> that's <laughs> someone like me who was working in an industry where where only men are are supposed to like it or or enjoy it right i enjoyed it and i worked within it and i still got shit on so it's a, you just can't win for losing literally ever mm-hmm. so at that point you just have to make your peace with it and understand like men are going to shit on me if I like the most manly shit in the world. Like there's female mechanics, there's female engineers, like there's women are constantly working within these industries that are considered like that are male dominated and they still get shit on. So like, if you want to like crystals and you want to like astrology, then like, fuck them. You know what I mean? Like, right, they, right. they're going to shit on you no matter what. Like, it, it really doesn't matter. And I, I think that's so, that's such a played out, like stereotype of like, oh, like bitches who like astrology or whatever the fuck they try to say, like try to make it into like a brujeria kind of thing. Like they try to make it into, it's like something like so lame, like, okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's this thing that circulates with men where they say, oh, I, she didn't match. She didn't go on a date with me because she found out I was a Scorpio. This is literally never happened one time. <laughs> I say that all the time. It's never happened a single never. fucking time no, that someone has actually said, you know what? Based on their fucking sun sign that they posted on Bumble, I'm not going to go on a date with them. Absolutely not. Because no. any smart intelligent person, AKA any fucking woman is going to know that that's just like a jumping off point of a conversation or information, but it's, they're not going to actually like (laughs) not talk to someone because of the fucking sun sign. That's ridiculous. I say that all the time. I'm like, they, they just be creating this like lore, like they, they create these made up situations in which they get rejected, which is weird. Like, why do you do that? Like, why do you fantasize about being rejected by women? And it's never once happened and it's never gonna happen. Like, it's nothing. <laughs> right. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't help you. It does. It just makes you look like a fucking bitch, to be honest. Like, it makes you look like a, a big fucking weenie. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, wouldn't you just be like, oh, that's okay. Like, if that actually happened to someone, then you would be like, okay, well, this person's not nice. So I don't really want to go out with them. Right. But it's, it's literally never happened. Never someone happened. didn't like you because you're an asshole. Someone didn't like you because you're disgusting. Like <laughs> if, if that ever like happened, what actually probably happened is the fucking worst. And at some point in the conversation before she found out he was the worst, they talked about astrology for like half a second because, because most fucking men like that, they, they don't know anything. So like, They'll just ask like, oh, what's your sign? And then they tell them, they're like, oh, that's cool. I'm a, I'm a Virgo. And then they'll say, okay. And then that's it. That's like how, that's as far as the brain cells can travel with men like that about astrology. So then the date goes on. She finds out he's horrible. She goes, yeah, I'm out, dude. Like, nice to meet you. You'll never fucking see me again. And then he gets on TikTok and goes, this fucking bitch found out I was a Gemini and didn't want to go out with me. That didn't happen. Didn't happen. That's like, that's probably what it's actually not the story. happened. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> what actually happened is that you are disgusting, not your yeah. son's son. <laughs> it's 
this just the most aggressive form of delusion because they're creating this world in which that's what actually happened because it makes them feel better. Otherwise, you have to take responsibility for just being the worst. Like you have to you have yeah. to confront the the idea that maybe you're insufferable and that's why she doesn't want to date you anymore. So they're right. gonna do that. They're gonna create <laughs> a whole side story with a whole different plot and characters. Right, where they blame the woman. Yeah, and it's her fault. Where the woman right, where the woman and her weird eccentricities and idiosyncrasies become the issue as opposed to like, no, you are just a shithead. And if you happen to fit the worst possible archetypes of that zodiac sign, so be it. But turns out you transcended it because you're that much of a shithead. Yeah, we didn't even get that far. Like we didn't didn't get get that that far far. into the chart, babe. But I, when they act like that, you could probably pick them out a little bit. Like you could probably be like, I know exactly who you are. Like that's why I'm like, it it makes me laugh because I'm obviously a Virgo, but um, Virgo men to me are the fucking worst. Like that's just like they, I, and maybe it's because I'm a Virgo. So like we just clash, but like Virgo men are terrible to me. So like there are certain types, like certain uh, like signs where only the men I'm like, no, but the women, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that like, but honestly, when I think about like the worst qualities of every Zodiac sign, it usually is in the out, like the hyper alpha mm-hmm. toxic male version of it. Like I'm a Leo. And when I think about as, as if my hair didn't say it, and if my, and when I think about the worst Leos, it's like the alpha yeah. hyper masculine version of it. You yeah. know, it's not. Leo, I was just watching a nature documentary where it was about the lions and the female lions are like such protectors. They work together. They attack the male lions that are after their cubs together. They do everything. Yeah, they like, do everything. Yeah, and they do everything. Like in real life. So there you like go. Like in real life. Like <laughs> in real life. And like, I also like, I have grace for the fact that like, there might be just some biological reasons that men suck so much. Mm-hmm. I get it. I see it. But I also happen to have a partner who is a dude, who is a cishet man, who is really fucking lovely. And we've talked about, we talk about like, why do you think you can tolerate me? Like someone like me with my big personality, with my big energy, who also likes astrology, who also likes social media, who isn't like afraid of this shit. And he said, he said once in this conversation, he was like, I think because I don't, it's, I'm not like power hungry. And I think, and that was, I've been sort of ruminating on that because he feels in a lot of ways, like an exception to a rule as I'm sure your boyfriend does too. Yeah, absolutely. How how is your boyfriend different from like <laughs> everyone else? Yeah, like that's a really good point. Um, as far as like what your uh boyfriend or husband, I'm not sure if you guys are married. Fiance. Oh, nice. <laughs> what your fiance said is very accurate, I would say, because the men who attack me and you, right, are are first of all single, 99% of the time. <laughs> 100% say yeah and I think we found out why babe right so that's one but two I think like he said it's it's a power dichotomy that they just truly can't handle and that's why I've said before like bad bitches are not for everybody you know what I mean like not everyone can handle it and it's because they're feeling insecure in some way shape or form like them personally these men um, have to overcompensate because they feel shitty about themselves, whether it, it's rooted in what they look like or 
their success as far as career-wise, whether it's financially, doesn't really matter. And it's none of my business. All I know is that you're lacking in some areas severely. And that's why you project onto women. So when men talk all this big game about wanting like women that are subservient to them, uh, when they want women that, to bow down to them, like that kind of weird shit, it's 99% of the time, it's it's truly because they themselves feel like they have no power wherever it may lie. The irony is that that's a byproduct of the patriarchy. Like the patriarchy is what tells men that they need to be big and strong and tall and handsome and have all these muscles and and get all these bitches like that's that's the patriarchy telling you that you need to be this big strong never cry i have to make all this money kind of dude that that that's why when someone like myself is trying to actively unravel shit like that it helps you too like it's gonna right, set right. you free like you it's gonna release you of all of these standards that you feel that you are so gripped within, like it's going to release you from it. It's going to make life so much more enjoyable once you let go of that. It's like, and a case in point is someone like your fiance and someone like my man, like my man and I are like, I'm so incredibly in love with my boyfriend. Like we're absolutely going to get married and we have all these plans for the future, but he is someone that doesn't gain confidence from putting me down right? Like he has confidence outside of me. Like uh, both of us are independent of each other, but we're also so much better together. Like you need someone that's going to compliment you and uplift you and want to push you and help you like become the best version of yourself. Not someone who's going to dull your shine so that they can feel powerful, right? So like that's my boyfriend doesn't need to do that to me because he already is confident outside of me. Like he has nothing that he's like searching for that I'm the one that needs to fulfill. Like we both help each other and fulfill each other in different ways, but it's not the very core of both of us is independent of each other. And that's like, I think what makes us such a good team. And I'm sure it's the same thing with yours. So I'm, I'm someone who's obviously like a very large personality. Like I'm someone who's very outspoken, obviously. So like, Sometimes when men try to shit on me, they're like, I, I feel sorry for your boyfriend. I'm like, feel sorry for yourself because you don't have anybody. Right. Because you're alone sitting there on your ugly ass couch. That's like- what I'm saying. <laughs> feel sorry for yourself because you're alone every night. Like, feel sorry for you. Right. Prioritize yourself and get out of my business <laughs> is one thing. But second, like what I think people seem to miss sometimes is that the way that I act on social media is not how I treat my boyfriend because my boyfriend's not the fucking worst. So this is like, does everyone understand that? Like (laughs) when I get into disagreements with my boyfriend, they're very constructive and we talk and we communicate and we emotionally connect with each other. And then we move on. Like, it's like, you know, because we're adults. So that's kind of right, how it right. works. Like, that's why I say all the time, like when you get into a grown up relationship, you fucking come back and then we can talk. You know what I mean? Like people can be multifaceted. Like it's not all, it's not like a one size fits all kind of thing. Like obviously who I am on social media is who I am in real life, but who I am on social media is someone who's addressing constantly shit ass people. Right. And people that you owe nothing to. Exactly. You're not in, you don't have like a romantic, emotional, interpersonal contract with them that says like, I'm going to show up and, and we're going to figure out how to like diffuse a situation and recover and heal and duh, (laughs) I can't deal with people. Sometimes people ask me like, and not in a shit way, but they're like, Oh, like when you, um, 
argue with your boyfriend like is this how you act I'm like no <laughs> like yeah duh <laughs> there's nothing funny when I'm arguing with my wife. We're not, I'm not sitting there laughing. Like that's it's not <laughs> a silly goofy time. You know what I mean? It's it's a serious thing. And I said, but no, because my boyfriend's not the fucking worst. My boyfriend's not a bigot. So that's why I don't handle conflict with him the same way I handle it with a horrible stranger. You know what I'm saying? Like you can address things like two things can be true at the same time. So right. that's why I I just think men like who are feeling shortchanged in life and they feel the irony is that that's a victim mentality when men are like oh like women like uh, i just like why did they do this to me like that's they always like to shit on women for always playing the victim but like those men are the biggest victims ever like they victimize the shit out of themselves and that's why they're alone so yeah totally i mean i think about like i mean the depths and the layers of how uh, of the violence of toxic masculinity, I think is so, I mean, it, it's, it's so fucking serious. It is obviously like such a, it is so much of like why there are there with teenagers and school shootings, like all of this is like, I, I would say very rooted. The core of it has a lot to do with the, the patriarchy, right. And the systems that are set up to create this alienation if someone doesn't fit and check these boxes. Mm -hmm. I remember, I think I was still in college, so it was a long time ago now, but there was that shooting that occurred in Santa Barbara, I think it was. And it was a dude who, when they recovered his technology, they saw that he had been on all of these like Reddit forms and like fucking talking about like girls not being able to get laid and like these like groups of men who are like women hate me and I hate them because of it. The yeah. earlier versions of that look like yeah. the types of shit you're responding to. And I think calling it out and being like, this is not okay. Mm -hmm. And this is how we're going to talk about it. Not being okay. is yeah. actually like a, it's like a public service. Yeah. Frankly, it really is because it's, yeah. it can't keep going on like this. Yeah. It can't. Something yeah. has to interrupt it. Well, first off, I, that's why I said earlier that women and others like gravitate towards me um, because I don't waste time being nice to terrible fucking people. Like, why would I do that? <laughs> like, I think that all the time, like it, it, it's, it's one of those things for me where I, if you're going to be disrespectful and you're going to be mean, then I'm going to be worse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. If you want to play this game, then we can. But then when we do, all of a sudden you don't like the rules. Like that's, that's what I'm saying. Like men set this up. Like they, they literally like throw me the biggest layup and then I fucking dunk it and they're like mad. Like they're pissed off. So that's why I'm saying like when men call me a bully and they say like, oh, like what, what's the difference between you and this other person? The difference is I'm not a terrible fucking person. That's the difference. Like the, the biggest difference is that you're a bigot and I'm not. That's the biggest difference. So that's why I said for people who feel so comfortable commenting on other people's lives, what they look like, what they choose to like, what they do, how they choose to operate within their own space. When people, for someone who feels so comfortable commenting on that, you really don't like when someone like me does it to you. Why is that? You know what right. I mean? Like it's it's always totally. like supposed to be a one-way street for them always. Cause and the reality is that men like that, because the majority of the men I stitch are like cis white men, right? So like the majority of the men I stitch are that because that's the majority of the dudes who do that shit on that online. Totally. Those kinds of men have gone through life unchecked 
like forever. They've never been disrupted or challenged for anything they've said or done. And they constantly operate on this. Like, I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want. And everybody around me has to deal with it. They're not used to being stood up to. So then when someone like me comes on the scene and I tell them to go back to hell where they came from, they truly are like, what the fuck? Like they, they don't know how to handle it because they're, they've never had to deal with that before. And that's when they start turning themselves into a victim. Oh, well, what's the difference? Like you're just so right. Right. And that's why I always say, yeah, duh. I've said that constantly. At least I'm honest. At least I'm honest about, I never said I was nice. I never said that. I never said I was a nice, understanding, educational person. Go see someone else for that. That's what I said. Like, there's plenty of other creators on there who take the time to do that. I don't. So, <laughs> and I'm never going to. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And I, but I think that, like, what I think is so amazing about the work that you're doing, and I, it is work, you know, like, I really feel it is work, yeah. is because you are approaching it from an angle that I think a lot of, women are afraid to approach it through. I mean, like, cause there's like, you know, when men start looking at you, you know, like you you don't even have to be fucking 12 years old to start feeling the male gaze coming at you when you're walking down the fucking street, you start getting catcalled at 11 years old, you know, like you, like it's scary. Mm -hmm. And I think that as many strong women as there are, there are also so many women who are like absolutely petrified of men doing, of hurting them physically, you know, or psychologically, but I think even just on a physical level, which then creates a, you know, even the most outspoken among us become sort of like, we have that fear to clap back, you know, because we also know that that could get us killed. So I think that there is a, there's an incredible amount of courage and bravery of like going beyond that to set, to say what so many women want to say and have wanted to say for so long, but for various reasons, haven't felt safe enough to do so. Yeah. And I've, and I've gotten comments like that, like countless comments. I, I, and DMS and everything. Like I, I get the most, like moving messages from women telling me how I'm somebody that they wish they could be, you know, like they, they say that I, I, you, you put things into words that I wish I had the courage to say, which I'm happy to do so. Um, and it's an honor for me. And I've also had women tell me that them watching me for however long now has empowered them to, you know, leave an abusive partner to quit their job, um, to stand up, like report their boss for sexual harassment, report their assault. Like I've, I've had countless messages like that and the cancer moon in me. It makes yeah. That's what I was just thinking. Too. <laughs> it moves me deeply because I never thought that like me being a dickhead online was going to turn into that. And that right there is what keeps me going. Right. So like it, it pushes me through it. Like even when it gets overwhelming in the sense that I'm just so the only part that overwhelms me about the shit that I I do is that is the stuff that I'm, I have to see every day. (laughs) Like, like there are people are truly rotten, like on the internet, like people, people are horrible. Like it's just, I I'm exposed to the, the deepest, darkest corners of TikTok and it's horrible. So that's the only part that tends to overwhelm me because I just can't, believe that people like that exist among us. us. It's it's truly horrible. When I get messages like that all the time and comments like that all the time, it makes me want to keep going. Like it's things like that, that 
push me and motivate me and inspire me to to keep doing what it is I'm doing, especially since like I I got like the most moving message once about someone who chose to report their assault and then also come out to their family in the same like go. And it made me cry. It made me so emotional because like I just can't you know, stuff like that, it, it, it inspires me, you know what I mean? So it, and it's people like that, that make it worth it to me, <laughs> like the shit that I have to do with on the daily, like the, the, all the hate and the vitriol that I personally get, um, it makes it worth it to me because the good far outweighs the bad. Like it's, it's truly like 1 billion to one. So yeah, but it's very tough work but it's very rewarding at the same time so i mean this is like the the cancer moon as like the protector of women <laughs> like it's it's so literal i love right. this manifestation of it yeah. that's such a beautiful placement to have and i love your boyfriend having this exalted taurus moon like being like we're gonna make safety within us like yeah you do you on social media and at home like this is a safe space like yeah. the combination of you have like the core of who you are being like i'm standing up for women and marginalized people and yeah. your boyfriend then being able to be like and we're gonna you know <laughs> do whatever you need to do on that but then yeah. back here with me like it's us you know like that feels so beautiful and so grounding and yeah my pisces moon is very emotional from it <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna ask you now the two questions i ask every guest on our show and then i would like to pull a card for you if you were down mm-hmm. okay so question number one is and but also i should keep in mind that uh, these, you do not need to reinvent the wheel with these questions. If the answer is pizza, that is a reasonable answer. Question number one is what do you believe in? Oof. What do I believe in? It, but it, it could be pizza. <laughs> it could be pizza. <laughs> I believe, I guess I just, I believe in women like, m- like more than people even could begin to understand. Like they, they just inspire me every single day. And as a like proud intersectional feminist i uh, believe in all women so i'm you know i would say that's probably what moves me the most inspires me the most for sure <laughs> love it beautiful and we have really run the whole gamut of your big three i feel in this conversation we've got the sag rising we've got the virgo minutia and now we're here with our beautiful cancer moon and i just i, I can't handle it i'm too mushy gushy <laughs> question number two is how does magic show up in your life the pizza answer also could apply here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, pizza is very magical, honestly, to me. I would say it's kind of like a twofold. Like, it shows up every day in with my fans, like the what, the things they send me and uh, the things they comment on my stuff, and just like how inspired they get by me. So that's there's truly a magic there. I would say um, in my own little community that I've built online. And then I would say in like my not online life, I would say it shows up, you know, in just the smallest things to me, like, like getting to spend time with my family, getting to like play video games with my boyfriend. Like, it's like the smallest things like are so magical to me because I can exist online as like this big personality. And then I can exist offline as just like a very normal person, like with a loving family and a wonderful boyfriend. So I would say it's like kind of like a twofold for me, but both equally magical for me. 
<laughs> love it. Love it. Okay. So, so let's pull a card. So okay. we will pull from this Black Moon Astrology card deck. So this is going to give us, these are like astrology concepts. So this is kind of a little different than like a regular tarot deck. Um, but even still, we could apply the same methodology to it. So Ooh. my question for you is what would you like a single card to reveal? I would like, I think, to like what the future is going to look like for me. Is probably like, like both professionally and personally. I guess I don't know if it can, if that counts. <laughs> like, maybe we should do a time duration because the future is long. Okay, in the next year, so twenty twenty two into early twenty twenty three. Yes, <laughs> vibe for the rest of twenty twenty two into twenty twenty three. Yes. Okay. Cool. Do you want me to work with pile one, pile two, or pile three? Pile two. Excellent choice. Mm -hmm. All right. So rest of 2022 into 2023, what's the vibe? What should Drew know? <laughs> Part of fortune increase. Ooh. So this is the symbol of an archetype in astrology that is not part of the traditional or not part of the, it's not a zodiac sign. It's not a planet. Mm -hmm. It's called an Arabic part. And it is a calculated point in the sky based on certain sun, moon, and rising configurations. And the part of fortune as one of the Arabic parts is associated with this, like, it's called like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So yeah. when that is hit, it's like you see, and the word that they have associated with it is increase. It's like, you see these like enormous swells happening. I guess it's just going to be, it's like you clearly hit something mm -hmm. that is going to continue to increase. Oh. There's really no, I have no additional nuance or concerns about this other than the fact that this is probably like going to be a year that changes your life forever, forever. Wow. And there's no end in sight to that because you've hit that spot, you know, like you've hit right. that exact moment in okay. order to make that happen. So now it's just the increase. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So do it all. Do okay. it. <laughs> Perfect. I hope that's, that's a good thing. Increase. It is a good thing. And I think that like intuitively, I also feel pulled to tell you that even if it is like a lot and it feels like this is too fast or like maybe this isn't safe or maybe this is like, like how is this going to last? Like worry about that in 2023. Okay. Don't worry about that right now. Okay, got it. Just be like on the ride because you're on it already. So just like know that everything will be figured out. Yeah. And, but that's not what you're going to do this year. This year, you're just going to keep going up. Okay. You know, what's crazy. Can I just say something really quick? Lately, I've been, well, literally two days ago, I watched the movie Soul right? From Disney. And I've already seen it. <laughs> and you're like, and this isn't my first time. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> so I've seen it. I just like, it's important. I mentioned that I've already seen it because after I watched it, I was sobbing again, as if I've never seen it before. And it's truly because like, and you know, obviously I don't know if you've seen the movie. Have you seen the movie? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, you know, how at the end he's like, they're like, you know, at telling him, are you going to, what are you going to do with your life? Right. Like now that you've got another chance and he says, I don't know, but I'm going to live every single second of it. I was inconsolable. I was literally sobbing <laughs> and it's mostly because as fast as everything has been growing for me, it's, it's wonderful and amazing. 
Um, but the Virgo in me, I just, I constantly need to be working to feel productive and worthy and all of that of all of the perks that I've received out of this platform. So much so to the point where I felt like sometimes I wasn't truly enjoying it. Does that make sense? Like I wasn't like living and enjoying the moments in, in between or, or in celebrating my success or my achievements or anything like that. I was just like constantly chasing, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and chasing. So it's, it's so crazy that you say that because I, I constantly worry about what's coming next as opposed to living in the present and enjoying it as it's happening to me. Yes. Yeah. I think, you know, like everything there's always going to be, and this is why I think astrology is so fucking cool. Or one of the reasons is because it reminds us that everything is cyclical and that there's going to be seasons that are not just like the weather seasons and the climate seasons, but there's like seasons of great success. And those could be like one or two years. And then on the other side of that, it's like, okay, well then it's an integration, you know, like how do you move into the next phase with your family? How do you move into the next phase with the new resources that are available to you? Like there's the sort of like, okay, well, how does it all look now that it's like arrived? Mm -hmm. But sometimes, and I think that why astrology is amazing is that because we are not always thinking in those terms that we try to do everything at the same time where it's like if we're in a season of incredible increase we're also trying to at the same time be like okay well how do we put this here and how do we categorize this here and how do we link that Mm -hmm. here but like just sometimes when you're in an increase it's like worry about the logistics of it later, you know, like just be on the ride, enjoy every moment. Don't worry about whether it's going to last. Cause of course it's going to fucking last. You'll go into a season where you're like, okay, what's the next stage. But right now it's a season of just like, yes, you know, it's a season of affirmation. It's a season of just like being like, yes, I will do it. Yes. I'm signing up. Let's go. And then everything will sort itself out in the next season. Oh man. So true. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> so real. I don't care what anybody says. Like you're, you're incredible and amazing. I'm so happy that I got that card. Cause it's like very timely. That's what I'm saying. That's perfect. <laughs> Dude, there's a lot of fucking cards here, you know, I, yeah, <laughs> that, that card doesn't fuck around. I don't know yeah. that that often. It's not like yeah. everyone's getting part of fortune left and right. Like yeah. <laughs> that happened because it, that's what you needed to know. It's what you needed yeah. to see. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Such a big fan. Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Where can we find you and continue to connect with you and be on this ride with you? Yeah. So you can follow me on everything. I'm Drew Offwallow on literally everything. And obviously I have my new show, The Comment Section, which I'm very proud of and very uh, excited about. So many exciting things happening for my show. And then also uh, my podcast with my sister, Two Idiot Girls. Like It's very exciting because we have so many huge plans and like have just made some really big business moves. So it's very exciting. So you could check all of those out and yeah, that's it. (laughs) Yay. Amazing. Thank you so much, Drew. So lovely. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. This was awesome. 